Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Steel Wars Live Call In Show. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And for the next 90 minutes, we will be taking your calls on the week's Star Wars news and anything Star Wars you would like to chat about, you guys. If you want to call in, uh, the number is 646-668-8360. If you are international, I would suggest Skyping in and adding a plus one to the top of that number. But if you're listening live, the number is up there. We've already got a bunch of people on hold. And we have got a very, very special guest. Some people that have been listening to this call-in show since the beginning would be just in tears of happiness that this man has risen to co-host status. He was a very controversial caller when he first called in, but... Over the shows, we've grown to love and appreciate this week's guest, Rob Russo, or as we belovedly know him as, Robbo. How you doing, mate? Pretty good, pretty good. Good to be here. It is good to be here. Now, I was um, talking to you online the other day, and uh, you do a podcast as well. Um, so I, I have a, I've been doing a podcast for about like probably five years now uh, for a website called Hardcore Gaming 101. Um, right now we're doing a thing called the, been doing it for about a year now. It's, uh, it's called the Top 47,858 Games of All Time, where we, <laughs> the conceit of the show is that we rank um, games that get nominated and uh, it, on an ongoing list. You know, so each, each uh, one, so we've got maybe like 300 done so far. Uh, so once we get to the, like the forty-seven thousand, I guess we we throw in the towel. But oh my ridiculous. god, that's crazy! Yeah, I'm I'm packing up my apartment this weekend, and there's just stuff everywhere. So it is kind of chaos. I normally do it at my desk, but currently my desk is a, a sea of boxes. So I'm at the coffee <laughs> table doing this. This is information you need. Now, actually, if you're in uh, Melbourne, I will be having a garage sale with many Star Wars things next Saturday. So uh, if you want to come to that, there's some sizzle. We can, you can come and record a podcast with me in person that's unrecorded. It's a little thing they used to call conversations. I don't know. But as I always say, Robbo, is a conversation worth having if it's not worth recording? Tell me that. Um. I, I guess not. 
Hmm. Well, let's for those that haven't been following your your history through the uh, the call in show, um, explain um, how you've risen up the ranks of callers. How did your first call go? Did you think? Well, okay. Here's the, here's the thing. So when I first called in, I had heard precisely one of your shows. Uh, and I thought it was funny. And then you mentioned something in it. It's like, Oh, we, we do a live call in show now. And it just, uh, I think it popped up in my Twitter feed or something like that. And I was like, Oh, that would be funny. I'd like to hear that. And I thought that was how you listened in. Um, so I just dialed the number and then I was connected immediately. Cause I guess, uh, there were no, other, nobody, and I was kind of taken off guard. And then you were having, uh, I think some problems getting uh, Johnny Grosso was the co-host that time and you were having problems getting him connected. So I just kind of, while you were trying to sort that out, filled up some time and um, I, I come off as a bit combative, I guess. So <laughs> I was uh, being <laughs> facetious, but <laughs> uh, like, I think like the, 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 the thing that sounds when I, when I listen to it again, which I don't really like listening to my own uh, voice, but um I know it's, you can make your jokes now. Okay. No, no, no. All right. You, you forfeit that one. Um, e so easy jokes like that, that's, that's fine. If, if you've already thought of it, it's not worth saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a, uh, I have a old like Milton Berle joke book collection and his uh, ethnic jokes just has a uh, blanks for the, uh, the ethnicity. So it's still in your own bigotry here. So <laughs> classic uncle Milby. Do you think that would work if you put in like Star Wars aliens? Oh, like, you know about the deal with Brody, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that was like a. <laughs> it, it, I think the reaction was mixed. I didn't realize how big your audience was either. Like, I thought you were just some guy who had like a. I'm doing a call-in show, and the fact that I got picked up right away reinforced that. And then you had the co-host who who could not figure out how to use his phone and all that. And uh, I was like, this is small time. I can just uh, vamp here while we're, <laughs> and uh, I, little did I know that. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, but technically I am just a guy with a call-in show. Well, yeah, <laughs> it I guess is true. Yeah. On some level, it's true, but um, it, it is as you thought. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't, I, I remember like, anyway, I was, uh, what I was going to say is when I was listening back to it, I heard like there's a point where I think I say something like you didn't, you know, I was asking you whether you'd ever heard of this or that or something like that. And you were, and it was a really obscure thing that nobody would care about. Even if you heard about it, you'd forget it. And, uh, and you're like, no. And I'm like, Oh really? How you got like a hundred episodes of a star Wars podcast? You, that was, that was a, that was a joke. Um, if one of your comedian <laughs> buddies had done that on stage, everybody would think it was hilarious. But when some guy, nobody likes, <laughs> No, I mean, everyone it, likes Robo. Well, I think I tried to, I tried to, uh, uh, be, be more, um, careful about the, my tone when I'm talking. I didn't really mean to, I, I realized how bad I sounded later on. I was like, Oh God, if I, I got to call in again, just to prove I'm not like a monster. Um, <laughs> Monster. <laughs> and uh, like some kind of like nerd monster who just like calls up and just uh, berates somebody he barely knows for not knowing like what happened in the story conference between George Lucas and Howard Kazangian in 1982. You know, like why it was something you know? about Princess Leia? It was something about Princess Leia 
or, or something. Or oh, the, the oh, Princess Leia was, was um, going to be... No, the sister wasn't going to be Princess... It was going to be from some far-off galaxy or something. Was that it? Yeah, I think that was it, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not really. It's not. Impo- I mean, really. If anything, the joke was on me for actually knowing that kind of thing. So um, <laughs> it's like there's. You, you don't really get points for that in life. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, I've really like since then though, and I. I, I now, like I said, like I think I came off a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think some people took it as a as a joke as I had hoped, and then other people. Uh, did not. And, um, I actually got to communicate with someone and found out there, you know, that I tried to, you know, apologize and, and, uh, you know, try to get to know them. And, um, and everybody I, I met through, uh, through that experience was just so cool and, and so nice. And, and they, uh, they all forgave me and uh, I feel so, uh, I felt so much better. And that, and so I, 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 you know, now I don't, I, I love calling it. I, I think it's, um, I don't know. I, I kind of like your story because when you did call in and then hassle me that I had a hundred podcasts and I didn't know this obscure fact from the making of Return of the Jedi book, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ditching this dude now. I'm just cause all I have to do is hit a button and, and you're done. Yeah. And I was like, let's just see what happens. And I, I, I kind of think that's an important lesson in life and on the internet is to not maybe sometimes like I, this is me. If someone like tweets something to me or write something and it's slightly ajar, like I'm just like, where's this dude coming from? I will quickly work out the worst possible reason or meaning behind his tweet or their tweet or their Facebook thing and savagely attack. But I, I do try, and I recommend this, is just to say, oh, what, what did you mean by that exactly? And, and, and quite often they can then say, oh, that's not what I, I left out a word or something like that. And, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, an easy, mean, um, easy medium to get people the wrong way. Yeah, as someone who, who sounds like a total butthole, no matter what I'm saying or doing, I, I really appreciate that because uh, sometimes I just need like a second chance. Um, I can be... Uh, you know, like how the, there's that thing on Twitter, right? Where it, you can't really, you can't even italicize words in Twitter. So it's really hard to know whether you're reading something correctly or not, whether they're being sarcastic or trying to be funny and you give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'd say like maybe six, six to seven times out of 10, they, they really are. Okay. Um, I, but I have that problem with just, just how I talk and, uh, and it, it uh, it's, it's partly my fault, but it's, I also just like, I kind of can't help it. I got to mute my phone here. I don't know. Like if, if the crew members of the ghost can forgive Ezra 20 times in three seasons, then surely we can forgive Robbo two times over two call-in shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, uh, that, that's, uh, that is, I don't know everything about, uh, Star Wars. I, um, especially not like, uh, the cartoons, and stuff. I know mostly what you talk about, but I, I know you complain about that a lot. So I will say <laughs> right on. Um, I think the, the, the lesson I learned is that I, uh, is that uh, your fans are great um, and, uh, and very uh, nice, forgiving people who, who all, um, and I, I really, uh, that felt really, I mean, I felt like I found like a really cool uh, group and, um, and uh, so it all, it all worked out for the best, I think. 
Nice. Nice. And, and I always like to point out they're Star Wars fans. They're just listeners of mine. They're my friends. They're not. Yeah. I don't, I don't like any of that fan business. That's, that's weird. Star Wars fans. Speaking of Star Wars fans, speaking of forgiveness, I found this on, I don't go on Reddit much at all, Robbo, because I sort of don't, it, it's a little bit matrixy for me. It's a little bit too much coming at me. And it's also so unfiltered that, um, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. But I, I went on this morning. I have no idea why I went on this morning. And I decided to search for Your Snoke Theory Sucks to see, oh, I, I know why, because the guy, David, got the tattoo, and I was interested to see if it had popped up on Reddit yet. And I don't even know if it has, because I got sidetracked by finding this thread, and it is so many posts about how Pablo Hidalgo should be fired from the Lucasfilm Story Group because of the Your Snake Theory sucks sticker. <laughs> I, I have... See, there's an, an, an example of something that uh, you mean um, lovingly, and uh, it wouldn't be funny if you said um, your Snoke theory sucks. Just kidding. You know, it's like it's like it's it's you gotta like you got you got your comedy K's in there. It sucks. You can't you can't take that away. It's it, that's what makes it funny. So, and it's not at anyone's it's not at anyone's specific expense. You know, uh, expense, right? I think there are some times where we can make jokes that certain people uh, who are, you know, get a lot more crap in their lives than, than is, than is warranted, you know, for various reasons. Um, yeah. can well, be kind of rightly so, but this isn't one of those situations, right? <laughs> it's just everybody who has a Snoke theory, which is like, we yeah. all do. The, the joke is meant to be that even before I hear your theory, it sucks. Like that's like, do you know what I mean? Well, just the fact let me, let me spit this one at you and we'll see what you think. My theory. Right, is I just, that I just want to get to this. I just want to get to this. this okay, go. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah, sorry. My, go my, my favorite part of um, the thread was, um, yeah, they're saying that he's disrespectful for fans for holding up a bit of adhesive on a uh, JPEG. And uh, someone writes, "How is saying your smoke theory sucks is not disrespectful? It's an outright attack on what a person thinks." And then someone replies, because bleep, um, keep coming to him on Twitter and asking stupid questions. It's not disrespectful. You know, it's just a joke. And then, oh, and, and the guy replying says, you know, he's probably just likes the joke because people, he's sick of people asking the same idiotic questions. And then the guy that wants him fired replies with, have you never ignored someone bothering you? Which... Is tremendous irony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy that's no, bothering I, me I, I needs to learn to yeah. stop letting people bothering him. Yeah. I'm not going to ignore it, but that. he should ignore it. <laughs> that's, that's how it always is. Stop being so sensitive. And then it says the person who's really gets upset when people question their beliefs. Like, uh, it, it, you know, like you said, you, you don't usually go on Reddit because it is kind of like staring into it's like giving the, the Internet a colonoscopy. You're just staring into like the black hole of, of the human heart or something like that. It's like it's the worst. Oh, that is deep. Um, wow. Um, before, um, let's save your theory because we should get to some calls. Yes, please. And uh, so make a note to hit us with the theory. Maybe we can do that in uh, if, if, if it was a section. joke, crappy theory, don't worry about it. 
not funny. Uh, I'm 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 at the end of my tether with it's it's EV ninety nine guys. It's him. He had a scratch on his on his on his helmet on his head. He's a he's a droid. So he's Snoke. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. Let's have a quick run-through of uh, some of the news that might inspire some calls via Making Star Wars, via the Daily Echo, which I would say is a newspaper of sorts. But the Han Solo story is currently filming at Frawley Power Station, where Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, that rogue word that um, held off the promotion of Rogue One, and it's a, it's sort of, it looks very, the photo of the power station looks very, um, like Thunderbirds modern. Like mm. like something that was very modern in the 60s. Yeah. And I think it actually says the power station was built in 1971. So I'm yeah. off by two years. It looks about right, yeah. So that's very exciting that we're filming, you know, and I am a, uh, a huge fan of, you know, using sets that are already established, using existing uh, things to create a good backdrop. Do you know what I mean? Like, although we didn't see it that 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 much in the actual film, you know, the, the Canary Wharf backdrop in uh, Rogue One, the train station in London, that, that was right. really cool. And it's also an added bonus is that you can get off the train and uh, take a photo of where Jin was edited out of running down the hallway. That's exciting. I'll never forget now, you can be a deleted scene too. I've done it. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. I was there. Star Wars News Net found an interesting thing, Robbo. Have you seen this pamphlet from, I believe, Japan? Yeah, Japan. That um, a promotional leaflet which teases a shocking truth. Now, um, the leaflet is, is very cool. Lots of um, Japanese text, which I love. The main photo, which is very interesting, is Ray standing uh, above the water with the waves. So if you actually look at the flyer, it kind of, it doesn't look that Star Warsy. It, you know, it, it just looks like a Japanese film, actually, probably because of the lettering. But, you know, you've got the, uh, a girl looking over this water. Then there's a little photo of Kylo holding his saber up. All photos from uh, the teaser. But I will... Um, the text roughly translates, and this is courtesy of StarWarsNewsNet.com, to... The most shocking truth in Star Wars history will soon be revealed. A new generation's tale of struggles of light and dark, virtue and evil, has begun with the death of Han Solo. In a galaxy where First Order and the Resistance are fighting against each other in a war, the heroine Rey had the Force awaken within her. What will happen to the galaxy when Rey and the only remaining Jedi Knight, Luke Skywalker, meet? Kylo Ren has fallen to the dark side of the Force and killed his father, Han Solo. As a successor of his grandfather, Darth Vader, and a high-ranking enforcer in the First Order, where will his ambition lead him to? Furthermore, Kylo Ren's mother, the leader of the Resistance, Leia, Poe, Finn, and BB-8 will embark on a new mission. The story has finally begun! It began 40 years ago. Come on, pamphlet. Let's get with it. And it will lead to a mysterious climax. 
And uh, I'm sure there's some Green Guide Letter readers that wished I'd done that in the voice, but uh, no go. What do you make of all that, Robbo? Are you excited that the story, after 40 years, has finally begun? Um, Yeah. You know, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I I keep waiting for him to get going, you know, and uh, frankly, my patience is wearing a bit thin. Deal. Um, so this is this is good. You know what that reminds me of is like the uh, recap at the beginning of like every episode of like old Japanese cartoons. Like they'd always have like a uh, you know telling you what happened in the last five episodes, and it takes like three minutes of some very serious Japanese announcer guy, and that's the kind of stuff they say. So that's that's pretty funny. Ah, oh, I've never noticed that because all cartoons look the same to me. I don't judge them by their country of origin. They're just cartoons. because oh, I'm more yeah. involved. I know I've got some problems to work through you know all right let's uh take a call we have got the uh the patreon uh fast pass if you're a patreon member uh three dollars a month where you get all the bonus content you get a fast pass onto the show but i always like to go for the first person that's on hold to start things off so that might be one of our members as well but let's go to 405 who are you and where are you calling from this is aaron from oklahoma city Aaron from OKCupid, a regular caller, and uh, you've appeared, you're on the uh, the blog pods at Celebration, hanging out with us. Yes. Uh, what's on your mind today, buddy? Uh, well, I was just, you know, going to call in and see if you guys had any questions for me. Um, come on, that's a little call back to Robbo. You remember when Robbo calls in and... and, and Pretty I much always forget my question. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm actually a 90-year-old man, Aaron. I forget a lot no, of things. That's, no, that's the thing is every time I call, I may have something in, like in the brain, maybe like ready to talk about. And then as soon as I hear everyone talking, it's it's all just gone. And then all of a sudden I hear 405 and I'm like, ah, okay, here <laughs> yep. we are. Me too. Yeah, it's, that's how it always is for me. And I'm like, if I had something to say, I'm, I'm not going to remember it anytime soon. Here's my tip, right? You okay. think of something to say. You think of something to say, right? You go about to call in. You get this. You get a pen or a little, the little note thing on your phone, and you write, "I'm calling hold about on, on. fighters." I, I, I got to get a pen to write this down. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You're learning. Very good. Yeah, I, the, the, I'm, I, I am a fast learner. I am a fast learner. Um, do you have any idea what you were going to call in about? Uh, no idea at this point. I was just excited to uh, to call because I was like, man, this is like a whole episode of the bonus section for your supporter page. This is like a whole episode of the of the supporter section because that's because that's that's like the classic Robo thing. Call in five minutes before it's. It's closing time, and then you're like, okay, give us a sizzle, and then the next, uh, you know, the next 20 minutes or so in the supporter feed is, or, you know, is, is Robbo being yeah. himself, which is awesome. Thank you. Well, that feels is, really good. This is what I'm going to do, Aaron. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm, uh, we've got okay. Brittany. Brittany's up next from San Diego, from uh, the Casino Planet. Uh, we'll Casino go to her, Brittany, yes. and then we'll come back to you with a sweet question. 
Oh no, that's so much pressure. Okay, okay. All right, All right. writing it you down now. Do this. Right. Yeah, get I'm, your pen I'm, out. I'm get your pen. pen out. I'm getting, space I'm getting pen. Why don't you space paper? All right. He's out of there. Let's go to Brittany uh, from San Diego, the 619. What's going on, buddy? Hey, nothing. How are you? I am good. Now, sometimes this gets um, in the uh, the bonus show, and if you don't know what we're talking about for the first uh, 45 minutes or so on the iTunes feed, it's all up, but then we save the second half of the show, which sometimes can be about an hour, for the Patreon. But if you are listening live, you do get it all, but quite often Brittany calls in with updates from her life working behind the scenes at a casino. Now... How has the week in casino life been? You know, it, it's been a good week. You know, recently, the other day, um, while I was at work, or I think a little bit after while I was at work, there was a murder near the casino. So that kind of, you know, that, that's never good. So I've been watching my eye. Yeah, yeah. Murder's pretty bad. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of a bummer, but, you know, other than that, you know, casino life, you know, has been, it's been normal, you know, nothing really crazy going on in the casino, but just, just murder. murder. Just a murder, okay, yeah, yeah. That seems pretty normal. All right, well, what's on your mind in uh, the world of Star Wars? So, uh, the, the pictures from the Han Solo Untitled film were recently updated by, or Jason put up some pictures. Also, I saw some on TMZ. Yeah, I believe, they are, I believe they're TMZ photos. And then uh, I think Jason put little, little hints of them with the link. But the weird thing is, when I went to TMZ to have a look at those, and, and the big photos wouldn't work for me. So, I had to sort of Google... I don't know if too many people looking at the photos, but you sort of think that TMZ is used to the traffic. But, uh, yeah, so they had some leaked photos. Um, TMZ have a bit of a, a decent track record. I remember they posted all those photos from Jakku um, many years ago now, it, it feels like, and I think we all thought it was Tatooine at the time. But, uh, yeah, there's been a couple of leaked photos. I did love the... Um, the cars, like yeah, the speeders. yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah. interesting. So there's all these, all these sort of speeders, guys, like sort of like I, you know, variations of of Luke Skywalker's one, but they're all just built on top of cars, so they can drive them around. And why not? Then one would ima- Sorry, I said, why not? You smear some Vaseline on the bottom of the lens, you don't even notice. Well, I think they might have a uh, an updated thing. Uh, no, by no, now, all practical effects deal. All practical effects now. Vaseline. <laughs> Vaseline is not a practical effect. That's about as practical as it gets. You literally apply it to the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it might be a post production <laughs> practical effect, but it is uh, it is practical is on the set. On the set, I have this with people all the time. If you scan in a model, shrink it down, and then put it in the background, that does not make it a practical effect. Getting a hose and making it rain on the set, that's a practical effect. An explosion on the set, practical effect. Miniature CGI'd in, not a practical effect. It's a practical miniature, but once it's scanned in, it ain't practical no more, my men. No more. I think, the, I think the term has changed its meaning, though, 
since then. No, it's just missing because people get something wrong. That doesn't change the meaning. That's how all meanings Which, change by people getting them wrong over and over and over again until it just becomes right. Oh, let's, this is getting too close to the world. Uh, <laughs> so I'm veering away from such debates. But I, anyway, back to the point. I thought it was really cool that they built the speeders on top of cars because they can jump in and out of them and, and drive around and, you know, it's going to add an extra sense of realism for the actors, which gets a better performance. But Brittany, what was your favourite photo out of all of them? My favourite was seeing Alden and his weird space hair. I don't like it. I don't like his hair. <laughs> The favorite was the one you don't like the hair on? The, the <laughs> yeah, because that was the most memorable I, What? Yeah. The best one was the one that with the terrible hair. What is up with that? <laughs> I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> What's wrong with his hair? It looks it looks too big. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like terrible explaining, but there's just something about it that's just you know, maybe I'm just judging early. Maybe I'm just judging early. But it's just, I don't think Han Solo would get his hair done like that. But, you know. I've got, I've got two defenses, Brittany. I've got two defenses. Yes. My first one is um, very nerdish. And I would say that to craft his hair, they went off out of the two variations of the Kenner original Han Solo figure. They went for the big head version. Um, if you're a vintage Star Wars collector, you'd know there's two different versions. There's one where his head looks about two times too big for the rest of his body, and then they brought out another one, and I think they sculpted his hair off that big head version. That is a, uh, a nerd reason. But here's my out-of-universe, real-life version, is almost every male friend of mine... During their late teens, early 20s, you did go through a big hair stage. Whether it was big curly hair or they grew their hair out or um, went for an extended bowl cut, Steel Saunders style. So that's just good. He might just be going through a phase there, you know? He's just going through his big hair phase. And then later on, you realize, oh, to cut this short, what am I doing? And that's what he went and did. So I think this is a very natural progression <laughs> through the adolescence of uh, Han Solo, the character. What do you make of that that's excuse, fair. Brittany? That's fair. You know, I like your first comparison about how the um, Kenner figures are looked like that. But, yeah, that's, that's fair. You know, I, I have a different perspective on that now. So thank you, Steele. <laughs> So, so now that wow. you've come to terms with that, is it still your favourite photo, or because your anger has dropped, that you've moved on to be angry about the tyres on the cars on the yeah. speeders? Yeah, you know, I, I like his face in the picture. He looks either angry or concentrated, so, you know, it, it's still my favourite picture. Okay. Right. I'm confused, but... Um <laughs> no, um, I mean, what, how many years does this take place before Star Wars? If Star Wars is space 1976, then this would be like space 1972 or something. So the hair would have to be bigger. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah, so you're right. They'd have, I mean, really, if anything, his sideburns are way, way too tame. Like, they should be like huge mutton chops. 
Um, I know that was the thing that looks the most weird. I'm looking at I'm looking at the picture right now, and yeah, he should you know have he should look kind of look like Hot Palace, but you know, not just me. <laughs> well, the other thing is that um, the film does cover six years of his life. So you also have to have an open mind that maybe through the course of the film, he'll be big-headed Han, and then he'll be little-headed Han. We might get multiple heads. This is interesting. <laughs> you track his maturity as a character by like how, how uh, his ridiculous his hair gets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, if you look through photos of me growing up, you can do that exact thing. It's, 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 it's great. Now, Brittany, you're in San Diego, and um, I, I, I did sizzle to you, but there is a good chance we'll be doing a live uh, podcast event during San Diego Comic Con. So I hope to see you down there, buddy. I'm not, I'm not coming all oh, this way to then know. have you have you to have you say you were stuck in the casino. <laughs> oh no, trust me. Well, once the day comes out, or once you release the day that you're going to be there, I will either request it off ASAP or. You know, maybe I'll be sick or, you know, work, you know, maybe I'll have to call work and be like, hey, I'm sick, but you mm-hmm. never know. You can call in that you've got an acute case of murder. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. It's, it just happens all the time. all right Brittany. thanks so much for calling in thanks for your support of the uh the patreon content club and um we hope you have a safe week at the casino this week so you can call in next week oh i'll be there all righty i'll call back (laughs) steel you realize if she's not there next week we have to go out looking for her (laughs) i know know. we have to seek revenge I have to print up all these Britney Have You Seen Him stickers. It's just seen her. I'm going to have to change the font. This is going to be really annoying. Oh, well. All right. Well, just get home safe, Britney. Come on. Okay. I will do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go back to Aaron. Does he have a question? I actually have two questions, and one of them is small. So we'll start with the big question first. Steel, what is... What do you think is going on with Lando? Do you think that they're saving him for something? Do you think that they have plans for Lando as far as Billy D. Williams coming back in the current timeline? Because I, we saw that, that the photo of Alden Ehrenreich and uh, Harrison Ford and Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams. Like I just, I, and I know that that's probably for Han Solo, but I just, I feel like if they're still on good terms with, Billy D, like, why not try to work him back in? And I could see that being a big surprise in one of the next two movies. I kind of think we're not seeing Ewoks again and we're not seeing Lando again. That, that party was say la vie, Lando. Um, I know he pops up in Empire's End, although I have not got to that part of the book as yet. But yeah, I just would you, you want feel, to is it like a story back. reason that you think he's not coming back or is it like a practical reason? I think it's both. I I sort of now that they went like a movie without him and you know like um Billy D Williams much respect but he he is like like is he up for doing Lando again? 
in a way that's a parody of Lando, like you know, like he's done all these, um, you know, the robot chicken style parodies of Lando and stuff, which is great. But I, I just, I have a really hard time picturing him back in the movie. But um, that's it, my gut feeling is okay. we won't see him. Yeah, I mean, it could do a disservice to how we, you know, last saw Clint, uh, the Lando clapping giddily with the uh, the Ewoks on Endor. I mean. We uh, and you know who knows what happened. I mean, I guess we see him in 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 the in the, in the books. He pops up, like you said, but I have I haven't read any of the books yet, any of those books yet. But I just I would like I I don't know I I see what you're saying. I would like to see Lando again, but I don't know. I see what you're saying about Billy D. Williams being up for it. Like, I, I see I see what you're saying. Yeah, here's the here's what I would add to this, um, which is that I didn't re- like I asked this question maybe a few months ago without realizing how old Billy D. Williams is. He was born in 1937. Um, he is, uh, so he, it's not like just like getting Carrie Fisher to come back or something like that. This is, this is a bigger deal for him. And although he, uh, you know, so he's 80 years old right now. And I think that if well, from he was a, good in empire. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he. I he had looked, no idea he was that old. That's that's crazy. That's yeah, awesome. he was. I mean, he was, uh, yeah, everyone but, looks good in Empire. Even the Wampa looks good. Yeah, the guy from Cheers looks pretty good. Um, the uh, yeah, but I mean, so I think that there might be an issue with um, uh, just like if they. I hate this. I don't like saying this kind of thing because, of course, it, it, this can happen at any time. But, you know, they don't know how long his, his health is going to keep up. And when you have to plan things out like three years in advance, I mean, it's, it's hard enough when you have uh, 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 a star cut down in, in, in the, you know, in, in the prime of her life, just about, you, you know, it changes everything. And it makes the movie probably more expensive to insure. Um, I mean, there's there's. And they, I, I mean, I'd imagine they'd have to write two versions of the scenes he's in just in case, because his health might not might not be there. But I, I think it's for story reasons. I, I, I don't see any problem with like having a, a character be old, like Harrison Ford was an old man in Force Awakens. And it, it was great because he was supposed to be old. And so if they do something but- where Lando is supposed to be kind of like kind of old and, and in the in the, you know, the 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 uh, November of his years, so to speak, uh, I think it would, would be okay. They just got to do something with it, but I don't know whether they're going to do it for, for practical reasons. But yeah, to be I... fair, to be fair, nobody ages like Harrison Ford. I mean, <laughs> Steele, you've been the closest to him of, of everyone listening now. So, I mean, you can attest to how great that, that man still looks. Oh my God. I remember being face to face with Harrison Ford. And it was at the Sydney Opera House. And, you know, people around the world know the Opera House. And I, there was Harrison Ford in the middle. And then there was the, the Opera House on one side. There was the Harbour Bridge on the other. But I could only see one icon in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Like, his, his, the only thing that glistened more than his diamond earring were those, those beautiful eyes. <laughs> and I, I was captivated. I actually did in my head, while talking to him... I did a screenshot in my mind. You know, how you, like on an iPhone, you can hold two buttons and it screenshots your phone. <laughs> I, yeah. Like I actually, while I was talking to him, just like, just capture this, like memorize this moment, take it all in, take it all in, take it all in. 
and uh, oh yeah, it was um, it was breathtaking. And and Robbo, I'm not saying not have him in the movie because he's old, and you know, like of course, you know, Alec Guinness was old, and 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 you know, Harrison Ford, but he just seems very like station like like old in real life that like they they they'd have to use him very sparingly like he's not um you know he, he's sitting on a couch well, he, you know yeah he, he had he, he had some he had some leg issues or something recently yeah like some knee knee problems or something so i mean i'm sure that that you know certainly i would just use it put him in like a space wheelchair we've seen those before there's precedent for that like just make it like so Lando like uh, is a survivor of like a space pirate attack or something, and he's uh you know he he uh, he's too proud to like put on prosthetic legs, and so you just uh, he he just uh, shows how cool he can be just hovering around. I mean I don't know maybe that's maybe that's even more disrespectful than, <laughs> but I don't I don't know I'm just saying like I, I I'm not saying that you you were saying anything derogatory towards him, Steele. I, I know that you weren't, but. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I I love Lando uh, so much that it it uh, does. I, I guess I'm just coming up with any any excuse to bring him back in. But um, well, here here's what I pictured in my head when you were talking about that Lando in a space wheelchair with Lobot pushing it. That's what I pictured, like Lobot pushing uh, Lando around Cloud City. How radical would that be? Like, uh, I mean. Dude, Lobot. Like, I love me some Lobot. Get some more Lobot Aaron, in there. are you just going to hand out your theory and then every five words just go, Lobot? Because uh, <laughs> you're just so amped on Lobot. <laughs> uh, who's not amped on Lobot? Everyone, ev- come on, everyone is amped on Lobot. That guy is I don't think charisma. Lobot's amped on Lobot. Lobot seems pretty not into the whole Lobot thing. He's over it. He's like over he just wants to find a corner and power down, you know? Okay, now, okay Aaron, was, I know you have... Was that your I know you question have, or your long question? I'm very concerned that now. Was my, really that up. was my long question. I, I was just getting to that because I know you have other, other callers. So here's my quick question. This will be easy. In The Last Jedi, what is the one thing you want to see Luke Skywalker do? What? Oh, come on, dude. Do you come listen on. to the show? I, 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 guys, I haven't heard hashtag ignite the green one time this show. I'm trying to work it in. It's not bingo, dude. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to wait until the catchphrases come out. That that would be interesting. Well, I, I I I saw um you know they they I saw for celebration someone put up like celebration t-shirt bingo of of all the t-shirts you'd see or the or then it was quite uh it's quite funny and I I think there could be a very obvious. Um, steel, listening to Steel Wars Bingo and Ignite the Green would be um, an easy one to get. Of course, it's 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 all I want. You can you can have Lobot, you know, giving Lando walking a walking stick for all you want. You can give him, you know, whatever you want to do with Lobot. That's fine, Aaron. But Luke Skywalker has to be in peril. His friends have to be in peril, and that's when he makes the choice. It's time to ignite the green. What if Lobot ignites the green? Like a green diode on the side of his scalp? 
And that's all we heard from Aaron. He is now that's back in the depth of being on hold. His robot fanaticism got in the way of coherent Star Wars chat. Let's go to 585, and it's Colleen from upstate New York on the Patreon Fast Pass. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Good. I am well. Now, you've had an exciting week, courtesy of uh, Steel Wars live chat lurker Stephen Stanton. What's going on there? Uh, I was lucky enough, along with Emily Lindo, to win uh, one of his signed Radis figures and have a very, very wonderful chat with him last night. Very, very cool. Now, I'm hearing rumors. I don't normally fall for this internet chatter, this hearsay, you know, this word of mouth. But is it true that that Stephen Stanton is is running about the internet doing some hokey (laughs) Steel Saunders impression? What's going on with that? I wouldn't say it's hokey. I've heard some steel. I've heard some steel impressions in my time, and I gotta say, Dan has it down. Yeah, if, if right. he can fill in for you sometime, this could this could really pay off. <laughs> you, know, you might want to take a break, and you can just have like the, you know, the the steel Tarkin Radis hour. Just have him talking to <laughs> the himself. Oh my god! I'm, it. I'm sure you would. What's on your mind in the world of Star Wars today, Colleen? Um, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, it's kind of a. It's, it's an interesting question. Uh, if you had to kiss, marry, and kill uh, Luke's green lightsaber, the Millennium Falcon, and R2D2, what? Who would you choose for what? Oh, easy, easy. I've got it sussed. I've got it sussed. Um, I would marry R2-D2 because I think he would be a very supportive life partner. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like he's always there for yeah, you. Yeah. It's I'm having trouble with this. He's like, beep, boop, boop, boop. And a little hand comes out and he, really and he helps. And listen. Yeah. And okay, then like, listener. and then from like a physical like thing, like... Who knows what other little gadgets he's got inside his little droid, um, <laughs> you know, cylinder there. You know, it could be. I'm sure he comes with fully equipped, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, so that would be my marry. I would kill the Millennium Falcon because it had its adventures and kiss. Oh, yeah. I would give that, that green lightsaber a sweet tongue in. Sounds like you're gonna. You're, sounds like you're gonna do yourself in, Steel. It's like it's time to kiss the lightsaber. <laughs> Open wide. Goodbye, cruel world. You just have this like cauterized hole through the back of your skull. Now it'd be more like a. <laughs> I love you, green lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> love you, love you, love you. Like you thing out. Mm. So um. That is uh, a very, uh, what a creative question, Colleen. That is fantastic. Uh, anything else for us today, buddy? 
Um, the only other thing was I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty pumped that Mace Windu's getting a solo Marvel comic, and uh, I was wondering what you guys thought on that. I think this party's over. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That line is so dope. Attack of it the is? Clones. Attack of the Clones gets so like like dissed, but I love the, I think that line's cool, man. I, I remember popping big for that in the uh in the cinema. I thought that was sick. You don't really? like that one, Robo? Uh no, I mean it sounds like it belongs in like like Lethal Weapon Five or something like that. It's not like Star Wars <laughs> oh, at all. On. Especially coming it's out of like Samuel L. Jackson. It's like you could have him say they don't he doesn't why would he say that? Because he's the party's over, Jackson. man. This party's over. Like how I snuck up here with nobody noticing. Yeah, I, I don't know. And now I'm going to fly down to the floor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like those two, like, I don't think so. That that thing, I feel like those two lines are... He didn't think they just, so. They, he he disagreed. So, and instead he, he said, I don't think. You said one thing, I disagree. I don't think so. That, that's this he's party's like, like, over. <laughs> there is a are, curfew not... on your partying. Okay, Time's uh, all right. up. I give up. I give up. All right. They're, they're great <laughs> lines that definitely would not have been written by anybody else. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, Robbo. I feel like I've made your party over now. Uh, yeah, in Aww. a way, yes. No I... way. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> See, they're good lines, man. Yeah, you know exactly what movie they're from when you hear it. So you go out in the street. I don't think so. I know. I know that one. Oh, man. The, um, speaking of Lethal Weapon, you know um, the Lethal Weapon Star Wars connection? No. Enlighten me. George Lucas bizarre cameo in Lethal Weapon 3. Oh, no, that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Sorry, that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> totally different movies. Yeah, but they're the same. They're kind of similar. Yeah, you know? I, I can see what a you're cop, saying. A cop playing by his own rules over many different films. They're both films in which somebody would definitely show up and say, this party's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Party's over. Up. Uh, I'm really I curious about this one. So. Yeah, this comic sounds interesting. Does he fight like yeah, non-robots in it? Do you know? Does he fight like non-droids? Is, like, based on the cover art, he uh, only fights droids. So, oh, well, I've seen that. How's <laughs> Robo? What a sicko! Does he? Does he slash the meat? I want to see some flesh. Get what? Yeah, does, does he behead other people? Uh, These robot deaths do nothing for me. They're just not, uh, yeah, all right. I, I, look, I, I hope it's great. I hope it's great. I, um, I, I find it interesting that you, um, you call out those two lines, whereas in the next 20 minutes, several of the worst lines in Star Wars clearly are spoken. Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, I, there, there are plenty of lines in Star Wars that are kind of, uh, kind of clunky, um, even, even on the ones that Lawrence Kasdan rewrote, there are a couple that just stay in there. And, uh, but th there's a difference between like clunky lines that you would only hear in Star Wars and lines that just sound like they were phoned in on, on the bus on the way to work, you know? 
Like th- those are, that's, that's what really gets that. Honestly, those are the lines I remembered from the movie. Probably. I didn't remember, uh, you know, for, for years, anything else from it. I just remember Samuel L. Jackson said those two things and it, it took me even further out of it than I, than I was at that. Like, cause that was after the, I think, as I recall, that comes after the like droid factory video game, uh, you know, thing, which, yeah, it does. Yeah. Which, which is another, like, you know, that, that was, that was a rough one for me as a, as a movie goer. Um, I guess I should have, at that point, I should have been like, you know what, whatever, like they can say whatever, you know? So yeah, this party's over. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I like how it had a double meaning for you. Yeah. It is. He probably does say that at about the point that every other Star Wars movie ends, I think. It's like at like two, min- two hours, 15 minutes. This party's over. <laughs> and then it, but then it goes on for like another 25 minutes. <laughs> I, it's, I wish it's that back was the closed. line that you hear in every movie. Instead of the, I got a bad feeling about this, I wish it was just, <laughs> this party's over. This party's over. <laughs> I love it. Love yeah. it. Oh, man. So there was, um, back to Colleen's uh, question or bit of news she brought up, there was two Star Wars comics announced this week. There was the Mace Windu, which is that going to be an ongoing series? Is that another one? Of, oh, yeah, five issues according yeah, to be Star Wars, StarWarsUnderworld.com. And... Um, then there's a Rogue One, Cassian and K2SO, uh, a one-shot uh, comic about um, about how those guys met up and became little buddies. So that's very exciting. I, I like the, the one-shots, the short ones. That It's sort of... I like get in, tell your story, and then the party's over. Yeah. <laughs> I do think so deal yeah i do i like those because like you don't have to deal with all the they don't waste time on just like filling up panels and just adding in little things that don't even contribute to the story they're succinct and we know how it's going to end i i have to say the um the cover art image they've provided it's it's Robo's nightmare. It's a, a swarm of battle droids getting thrown away, like just so many of them, and then Mace Windu's in the middle. So it is exactly <laughs> the party's not over, according to Mace Windu on this cover. Oh, here, here's 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 the the cut line that he was gonna. No wait, this party's just getting started, right? <laughs> it's right in, right? Wow, right? That sounds like a Mace Windu line, doesn't it? I think you've been listening to too much pink. <laughs> There's never too much. Oh, never too there much. Is. There is. There is. But I like the... Um, I think Marvel has done a good job with their, their prequel era stories, like the, the Obi-Wan and Anakin, the flashbacks to Anakin training on Coruscant. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. All the stuff that they do when they go back to the prequel eras always impresses me with how many really like they're all this. It just amazes me that 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 Lucas decided to pick the moments in that history that he did to make movies out of, because it seems like there's all these other really fascinating things that you could I kind of want to know about. Like, what was it like? Like, 
eight-year-old or nine-year-old uh, Anakin training. Uh, you know, he's like away from his home. Uh, you know, that, that's like that. There's a story there. There's like an emotional story there. Um, so yeah, good on them. Yeah, it is weird when you think like the Clone Wars was the most amped up thing like in the original trilogy like you know they talk about the clone wars and it's just like oh yeah i want to see that so bad clone wars like what does it even mean like is it who's it a clone of like is everyone got doubles is it like that michael keating film you know what is happening <laughs> i'd like to see the 12th generation copy of the ben kenobi <laughs> Exactly. Like, more like exactly. more like a Gary Beauty, really, at that point. Just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's the photocopy of a photocopy. And, um, and then when they actually went to do the prequels, you know, Attack of the Clones ends with Begun the Clone Wars Have. And then yeah. Revenge of the Sith starts with like... <laughs> it's over. Yeah, the, that's the Clone Wars. They were good. Yeah, and, and, wow. and it seems like they got a pretty good TV show out of out of all that stuff that that could have uh, you could have done that would have been really really exciting. Um, yeah, and 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 you know that you can say that like it all got filled in on the in the cartoon, but it's like but the original intent was the film, so it it is sort of weird that they just went. <laughs> Nothing to see here, little Clone Wars. <laughs> they just, yeah, it just didn't right. seem like, yeah, it didn't seem like if you were, if you plotted out the whole thing in advance, every Clone Wars episode, all the comic books and stuff, and then in the movies, and you said, okay, you can make three prequels out of this stuff. Like, I don't know that, I don't know who else would have chosen the, like, let's do the, the where he gets married. That's key. We'll do where um, he uh, he's just kind of there, and he he wins a race, and then sticks around. I guess I don't know. And then we'll do at the very end. So they got like one exciting part, but like the other two seem like if you could tell these crazy fun adventure stories to me, that's like that's what he would want to do. I, I'm I, I wonder whether he, in a way, like the Clone Wars, his way of saying like you know I really should have done this, like because he's you know he's not a guy who just. Uh, George Lucas, he's not the kind of guy who, who is overly reverential to his past work. So like he, he I always, think he, I think he almost forgot the name of his franchise. Uh, yeah. Star Wars. And well, then he proceeds to do no wars. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to, because when I say that, that to me, they're not the most exciting parts of the timeline. That's not, there's plenty of other people out there who, especially, uh, there are a lot of, uh, uh, young girls who got really into the series at that point because it was telling a story that had, um, you know, I don't want anything like a stereotype. Like this, certain girls don't want any of this, but you know, it had like there was a love story there that is uh, you can kind of it, it's something to latch onto that's just not like nonstop droid violence, you know. So no, I mean I totally understand because that was literally me. I like grew up on the right. prequels like the first star wars i ever saw was the phantom menace right so if for me to say like that's not what i wanted to see it's like well you know like they were never going to be my favorite movies and why maybe they should be a totally different thing that get somebody else into star wars that they've already got my money so you know what i mean like it, yeah. it, it why yeah. not get you in there so it's you know i because I, I sound like an old curmudgeon but i do recognize like i don't like saying like oh this is bad and you, you're wrong for liking it because it's ridiculous. Like you wouldn't be, you know, if, if, if it didn't resonate with you, you wouldn't be here today and telling us I all know, about I the casino, to... you know, like I and the murders and everything. 
That wasn't me. Oh no, that wasn't you. That was oh my, Britain. sorry. I just uh, yeah, sorry. It's called, yeah, you're you're Bravo. in upstate New York. That's right. I'm so sorry. Bravo. I'm so sorry. I thought I had a great oh segue to to tie it all up, and I blew it. I'm sorry. You're you're in upstate New York, and you called in uh, last time and had uh, one of your crazy friends. Yep. Don't want. Uh, okay. To talk see, about I remember. It. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I remember you. I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. Oh my God, Robbo, you know the backstories of of how the Star Wars films were made and the callers. That's crazy. Yeah, but, but I don't remember that when it counts. In I feel um, so bad now. I, I think um, I think Robbo has, um, apart from showing that he's so sexist that all girls sound the same to him, has. Um, also shown that he's never going to get a job writing the blurbs on the back of Blu-ray covers. Like his, his, his description of Phantom Menace is, boy wins race. Sticks around for a while, I guess. <laughs> Do you know why he's still there after that? Sizzle. I don't. What sizzle? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a filler text until someone smarter comes along and writes yeah, something Yeah, it's like good. the Laura Mips him on there until somebody like, you know, yeah. Ebert and Roper speak up. <laughs> sorry, um, Colleen. Well, I'm so sorry I got you mixed up. It's, that, that was, there's no excuse. You know, I am a horrible, horrible person. Well, oh, Robbo. I, um, I thank you for your call, Colleen. And uh, we're going to wrap up the, uh, the iTunes section. But if you're listening live, stick around because we will go into the Patreon section for patrons and those listening live. But I thank you for your call, Colleen. So we ended uh, this part of the show on one of my favorite things. And that is Robbo embarrassingly backtracking on what he just said. It is, is one of my yeah. favorite things to hear on the show. So I appreciate you giving uh, Robbo that opportunity. My I'm pain so is glad funny. I can contribute something so meaningful to the show. <laughs> well, I'm it so is... Sorry. Uh, it is great to uh, hear from you, Colleen. Congratulations on the figure from Stephen Stanton. If you guys aren't following uh, Stephen Stanton on Twitter, he does all this awesome stuff for the Starlight Foundation, and pretty much you just got to follow him and Starlight Foundation and drop a retweet, and you can be a figure uh, winner. He's doing. He's done a lot of photos. He's done. Um, what was he sending out a ton of? With a, I think it was, he had like a, a, a DVD or Blu-rays or something that he was... Blu-ray, that was yeah, it. Yeah, the, the Target doing, exclusive. Now he's doing signed Raddus figures. I'm not sure. He must be just lurking in Toys R Us's waiting for these deliveries. <laughs> I think um, they give them to him. I think... Because uh, I remember reading in Al Guinness's books that he said like he got like a crate of Obi-Wan figures. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with <laughs> 
Well, um, I don't know. I'm not sure if what they did in 1978 still applies to today. But uh, who can say? Who can say? But thanks so much, Colleen, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I don't accept your apology. (laughs) Okay, I deserve it. I deserve it. Now, as before we go in to the uh, the bonus time for patrons, Robbo, where can the good people of the internet track down yourself, your output? Well, I'm I'm on. Uh, if you just want the raw feed straight from straight from the uh, Robbo noggin, that's on uh, Twitter at GC9X. Um, just for. It makes no sense, but they're on there. And uh, you can check out my podcast, Hardcore Gaming 101, wherever fine podcasts are streamed. And uh, maybe maybe uh, I, I, I'm still working on a pilot uh, podcast, uh, more Star Wars related. You can find the first four episodes, I think, in the safe haven, thanks to Lindo. Um, so if you, if you uh, listen to that and you like it, uh, tell, uh, tell, tell some people who, who, uh, how much you like it, and then maybe I'll, I'll get uh, picked up. So, you know, you can just anyone can start a podcast. You don't you don't need to be. I don't like up. promoting it that much, to be honest. I'm kind of lazy, so I just want, <laughs> I, I just want uh, uh, I, I just want to kind of skip ahead in line. I feel like I've been doing this for five years. I don't I don't want to start from start from zero. Uh, here we go. The, the yeah. privilege. It's, the yeah, privilege. it is. It's true. It's, I, like I said, I I'm. I am at ease with how disgusting of a human being I am. And, and, uh, oh, Robert, Robert, <laughs> Robert. Come on. Uh, Let's not go into a shame spiral now. I do like, I was very impressed because I have to be such a, um, a constant self-promoter to, to get the podcast out there that you said, I don't like to promote too much. And I was like, oh, that's so humble. But then you said, I am lazy. And I was just like, uh. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I should have just stopped while I was ahead. Yeah, you uh, seem so um, pious there for a moment. Um, yeah. But uh, for everyone in the chat room, keep listening and uh, we'll go into bonus time. I know Stephen Stanton's in there talking pinballs, I believe, which is very exciting. He said he voiced um, a Batman pinball, which I probably played because I am a huge pinball guy um there won't be a call in show next week um hopefully the week after i'll be back in la by then but i've just got a lot of packing up to do so i'm gonna leave the week clear so uh thanks so much for everyone listening on itunes and uh how about we go into that sweet bonus section and get to some more gold Hey you guys, stick around because due to my travel week, I'm heading back to LA this week, there will be no regular episode of the Steel Wars podcast because I'm someone who gets guilty if I only provide one free podcast a week. I've decided to open up the supporter bonus section for this week for you guys to enjoy as well. And it's a very special bonus section because we get another call-in from our guy, Stanto, Steve Stanton, Admiral Raddus in Rogue One, Tarkin in Rebels. He joins us to talk Star Wars and to debut his new Steel Saunders character. 
And hey, if you enjoy the bonus content for just $3 a month, our Patreon content club level will unlock over 250 hours of great top shelf Star Wars content. Tons of full-length interviews, special supporter-only episodes, live comedy, movie commentaries, regular Q&As, and so much more. Test it out for a month. See if you like all the content. It all gets delivered through a secure RSS to your podcast app of choice. And while that might sound very technical, it actually takes about 10 seconds to set up on your phone or other communications or computing device. In brackets, it's really easy and really quick. So check that out at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. There's links in the show notes. There's links on steelwars.com. And while you're visiting, and if you want to check out some merch, we've got the uh, Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirts. I'm with Snoke, the Yubnub, the Luke Skywalker tribute have you seen him and so much more many ways for you to support the little podcast so i can afford to keep making it for you enjoy the bonus section and may that force be with you Alrighty, we have got 314. Who are you and where are you calling from? What's up, guys? It's Eric in St. Louis. Eric Struthers. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, really enjoying listening to Robbo get beat up on the college show. (laughs) It is pretty fun. It's fun for me, too. It's kind of like an out-of-body experience. (laughs) Now, Eric, you, um, for those that, that may not know, you do a lot of behind-the-scenes work on Steel Wars, as well as you're doing your own uh, great podcast, The Bad, Bad Motivators. Motivators. Um, what have you heard so far in the show that you're just like, oh, I'm going to have to edit that out? I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Probably uh, most of uh, Aaron from OKC's call <laughs> straight out the window. <laughs> Oh, I'm that's horrible. Kidding, man. No, no. I tell you, you what, though, you, man. But, you can't yeah. abuse this power. You can't abuse this power for your own personal <laughs> vendettas. <laughs> no, hey, man, I love that guy. Are you kidding? He's my buddy. You've got, to be, you've got to be true to the content. You've got to be true <laughs> I, to the content. Always, always. I the think um, I have to do so. Oh, Eric, um, here's Aaron talking, and he walks up from behind him with his little editing program and says... This party's over. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And, uh, and Aaron goes, I've got one more question. And Eric goes, I don't think so. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and and oh, I'm just following oh. the chat. Yes, Stephen Stanton, this is the sweet bonus section. Enjoy it. Chomp on you know, it. I, uh, if, if, we're, uh, running, if we have extra time, I do have a, uh, a uh, Stephen Stanton uh, request to make, but I don't want to interrupt uh, uh, Eric's uh, question. 
All right. Well, we'll I, I'm maybe, intrigued maybe, by that. Maybe we don't get there. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. But, but do you have a questionnaire? <clears throat> I actually do. Um, have either of you guys read the Thrawn novel that came out just right before Celebration? No. I, is, is, it, is it good? Uh, um, I just finished it today. I'm embarrassed that it took me as long as it did to read it. Um, it's, it's good. I won't go into a ton of detail, but like there's a couple of things in there that make me wonder, are we getting to the point where if you don't read this and consume this media, you'll never know what's going on in the big picture. Um, it, you know, we've said it before, the movies always need to be able to stand there by themselves, you know, but th- there was a couple of things that happened in this that makes me wonder if that the direction their heading is going to have more to do with that. Can you give us like an example? I'm really curious about this. Me too. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything too spoilery if I say this, but like, um, Thrawn hints to an evil that's bigger than anything anyone's ever known, much bigger than the empire could have ever been. A couple of things happen in the book that like, do we, do we need to have this knowledge to make, the last Jedi workout, you know, um, there, there was a mention that, you know, you know, just something along those lines. It wasn't like crushing you over the head, but it, it definitely, definitely looks like there's more of that. Hmm. I think the short answer is no, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point because they're not like the, the, the theatrical, you know, really the, the feature films I think are never going to not be for the widest possible audience. I think the most you're going to get, like the biggest shout out they've done to like non theatrical stuff is, is Saw Gerrera, who I am convinced that if it wasn't Forrest Whitaker would have been cut out of that movie entirely. Cause he kind of, you know, they, they had a huge name actor and they promised everybody he'd be there. And it's kind of like when you finally see it because of the changes, it's like, oh, I don't know. But even that, like it has no, you, you gain nothing from knowing who that guy is supposed to be. Really. It's just kind of like a shout out. It's like, it's cool for, for, for fans of the show, but I don't, I don't know whether you're getting more, you're going to go out of shout out territory because they don't want to, they don't want to, um, I don't think they want to like nail themselves down for what's going to have to happen in the future. Uh, yeah. And I, I think you're saying, I think Eric, you, you sort of answered your question with your question saying that Thrawn hints, hints at it. And it's like, well, it's just a hint. Like it's Could not, anything. I guess that's true. It's, 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 it's not a reveal. It's just a, like, you know, like it's just, it's just that it's just a hint. It's just a little seed that may or may not get picked up. Um, reading it, Eric, would you say that you take this hint as he's talking about Snoke, or is it a reference to the the EU, um, you know, the legend Yuzon Vong? Oh no, it's not. Yeah, well, I'm hoping. Vong. Yeah, I'm hoping not that. No, I took it to mean Snoke. You know, and there was something. I mean, I guess this is mentioned early enough on in the book that to me it sort of explained why he was seemingly ineffectual against the rebels in in Rebels, you know, is at some point he had teamed up with Anakin Skywalker. And they don't give you any details, but 
he did this and then he has a meeting with a guy and where it looks like his the big picture goal is that he's not worried about the empire he's worried about this other thing and it's all a ruse and it's like oh is this supposed to explain to us why he couldn't kill anybody worth killing in in rebels hmm so Thrawn had worked with Anakin Skywalker as Anakin Skywalker yes and that made him like bad at his job no, what I meant was is so. Man, I don't want to wreck the book for everybody. Okay, so if you've maybe, not yeah, read the book, you don't want to stop listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, don't, don't don't drive too close to the edge. Like, say say right, what you can say as vague as possible. Okay, basically, he did some undescribed team up with General Skywalker, and he's referred to as General Skywalker when he's talking about it, and he for whatever reason, he was put where he was to be picked up by the empire on purpose. It, you, you think that he's, well, this is going to ruin. <laughs> you think he's been stranded there by his own people. He's been exiled, but in truth, it was whatever he had going on with Anakin Skywalker that led to him being placed there to be picked up by the empire to sort of infiltrate their ranks and rise to the top in the ultimate effort to protect his own people, um, the Smurfs. And he, he, he goes from, from that to where he seems genuinely concerned about the empire. You know, everything he does appears to really work out for him. But then there's this kind of side story where he meets with his enemy and it really looks like, hey, man, I'm, I'm really here to help, you know, save the chips, his, his race, not, not help the empire. So my long game is this. This was all smoke and mirrors that, you know, happened to make this happen. But his long game has nothing to do with the empire. That's interesting. Mm. It, sounds like, it sounds like Tim Zahn is uh, kind of doing a different take on the character to make him more heroic. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering. So, so I'm like, is this why at the end, he, you know, in the season finale of Rebels, that he, you know, didn't take him to the mat. He had every opportunity to do it. He just, you know? He's like good at heart and he just didn't want to. It's like, no, these are all like 12-year-olds. Maybe I shouldn't. And they've got the giant <laughs> moose man helping him out. And what's up with right. that? Maybe he's, wait- Maybe he's waiting for Ezra to finally learn his lesson first. <laughs> I gotta say I love the accent that they gave him in that show I know some people criticize it but I think it's great yeah I think it's cool I think it sounds great yeah I like it you know it's, it's very you know, menacing finally finally some professionalism in the voice acting on Star Wars Rebels oh no I'm not I, no I didn't say it that <laughs> 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 I'm just how did, watching how did you turn room. that into something bad I just pointed out something good that doesn't imply that everything else is bad because I've got mad skills <laughs> stop preying on my insecurities you know. <laughs> so um, Eric what would you give um, out of five 
on the uh, the five star level. Five stars being highly recommended. One star being must miss. What would you give Timothy Zahn's fraud? Um, I would say like a, a three point eight. Wow, that's point very eight. specific. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but that well, sounds good. Yeah, because three is too low. Four is just a little bit too high. And so like so three point five. That's it's closer to four low. than three though. Right, okay, so, probably so, three point seven. So to make it easier for you, a seven out of ten. Uh, sure. Yeah. Ring sure, no, actually, be ringing endorsement it'd be, right on the book jacket. It'd be. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it a three point eight, maybe but, maybe three point seven, or seven out of ten. Eric Struthers. Right. Mm. <laughs> Well, Eric, thanks for your call, um, and thankfully you get to edit around um, any spoilers that you gave out on the uh, on the call. But I think you're pretty good. I think you're pretty good, buddy. But um, I will talk to you online probably very soon. Right on, man. It's good to talk to you, Ramo. Yeah, always, always a pleasure. And uh, make sure. You check out the bad motivators. Good Star Wars chat. Yes, I like is. that it um it goes off in some uh, different directions. So let's try six one four. Who are you, and where are you calling from? Hey, Steel and Robbo. This is King Tom from Columbus, Ohio. How are you guys doing? Oh, my good, King God. Tom. The royalty of the Star Wars internet is here. What have you got for us, King Tom? Well, I, I do have I do have a question for Robo, but I also have something uh, for you practicing, and I need to know if I got it right. Kookaburra. Kookaburra, I think is how Steele said it. Kookaburra. Yeah. Kookaburra. 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 Okay, did I get it right this time? It sounds pretty good. I, and and, and, and I, okay. we, I think, as the listeners know, I'm not the person to go to for um, diction. <laughs> well, well you're, you're better at the Australian end than I am. Oh, beaut, mate. That's a cuda compliment. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, for Robbo, um, yeah. I know you're very well-versed in... Uh, you know, historically, the making of Star Wars, the development of the stories, um, and that you know that's something that I've gotten into also. Um, do you have uh, of all the drafts from any of the movies that you know of? Do you have something uh, scene, character, idea that was discarded and never used that you would have liked to have seen used? in one of the Star Wars movies? Hmm. You know, I mean, I gotta, I gotta say like, they're running out of stuff to, <laughs> to go back to the yeah. well to, uh, yeah. You know, like I was certain when they showed Saw Gerrera with the prosthetic, uh, stuff that, that at one point he would sacrifice like a battery from his bionic <laughs> arm or something, because that's something that the uh, general character does in like the early drafts. And it, it's right. like there's a line in there that's taken from those drafts where he says, there's not much of me left to kill or something mm -hmm. like that, which is a, a paraphrasing something like, so they're getting down to even lines of dialogue <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, what I would like to see would be, uh, I'd like to see them take the, the Vader revenge plot 
the Vader plot against the Emperor that was completely discarded for Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see them do that with Kylo Ren. I'd like to see Kylo uh, uh, get to kind of make good on that that promise because that that's literally something that is mentioned in Empire Strikes Back, which is if not the most popular, the most highly regarded. Although it's not my favorite, um, it's it's the line at the very end, and it never comes back again. It's it's completely ignored, and you know that uh, Larry Kasdan was really upset about that. Um, mm-hmm. So and he he kept on bringing it up in the in the Return of the Jedi story conferences. Like you you said that you have to do something with it, and uh, mm-hmm. and George insisted that they didn't have the time. Um, mm-hmm. Got fit in those uh, those Ewoks and the Luau and everything, and um, yeah. you're on thin no, ice, I mean, buddy. Yeah, it's I, I, but I think George is right. If you're going to wrap up the whole saga in, in one more movie, you don't really have mm-hmm. time, and that's a good reason not to wrap up the saga in one more movie. But you know, we uh, time heals all wounds, and here we are, Star Wars forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'd like to see that. I'd, I'd like to see uh, 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 Kylo just literally take out Snoke, not as a redemption thing, but as like a power play. And maybe he fails Mm -hmm. and maybe like he becomes a more dangerous villain because he's really out on the edge and has nobody to back him up and and nothing to lose or something like that. You know? Mm -hmm. So how how about that? I think that's a good answer. Yay. (laughs) The, The thing I love about finally going into the future of Star Wars is just that, you just have not like just the unlimited possibilities of who can battle who that it all doesn't have to, you know, wind up in this spot to fit in with the next film is honestly. Uh, yeah. It's so exciting. I kind of hope they, they ditch the trilogy concept because it's, it's, it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Like you just make them, you know, sequential episodes that happen now. And, and it, that way you're not like expecting something major to happen in episode nine because it's the end of the sequel trilogy. No, it's just, it's episode nine and there's going to be an episode 10 and like, who knows what's going to happen. Anything can happen. I think that would restore a lot more like excitement um, or, or at the very least make us feel like anything could happen. If, if, I, I think if you po- I, I like the trilogies. And I, I, I would sort of hope that they wrap up the sequel trilogy and then go do some other fun Star Wars stuff and then maybe in 10 years, five years, come back and, and continue on with, you know, those guys in the future, have a bit of a time jump and see what happens. And I think the trilogy, having them sort of as a trilogy, I don't know, it, it helps, I, I think, sort of, I don't know, spell out the adventure, like, like that it's not just a movie, but like having like, here's an arc over three movies that right. in some way kind of wraps up at the end of it. I, I kind of like yeah. that. I see what you mean, because otherwise it, it becomes like the Avengers or something where it's like, who knows, it could go on, you know, and uh, it's, it kind of loses some of its uh, specialness, I guess. But I, I was just assuming that they're going to keep making these things until people get tired of them. Um, but yeah, yeah. If, they, if they have the restraint to like yeah. stop doing it for a while and take a break, then yeah, by all means, you know, that's a, that's a good and, point. And, and, and I don't mean stop doing Star Wars films, but, you know, jumping off to another part of the galaxy, a different timeline, um, or not, not a different like timeline, but a different place in the timeline. That's probably uh, better said. 
Uh, yeah, and then come back to the, the, the ongoing saga. And I don't know, I think having it as a trilogy also like gears up excitement and then makes the announcement of the next trilogy like that that sort of rekindles the excitement sort of thing yeah, like to have I guess, it I guess what I hope is that they don't wrap everything up in episode nine because I, I really don't like that um I feel like that is a it's a it's a very artificial kind of way of telling the story where what would be great is if they lead everybody to expect oh it's episode nine it's going to end the sequel trilogy then they'll 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 do a new trilogy and then you like throw some real like you know, I am your father type type thing in there. And it's like, oh, whoa, no, this isn't over. That that would really, because people would not be expecting it. What isn't over, Rob? The party? The party is not over. Yeah, that's it. It's like suddenly, like a, like a, like a 72-year-old Sam Jackson shows up and goes, oh, this party's just getting started. <laughs> and it's like all bets are I think, off. I think the trilogies are easy for us as fans to follow. And I think... It also gives them the license to do, you know, once nine is out, they can do a time, even if they release it five years later, they can do a 30, 50, 100 year time jump. So I think I, 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 as long as they plan it out, even if it's like Marvel does with the phases, uh, as long as they have a story planned out, if they keep the trilogies, I'm great with that. If they decide to do it another way, I'm fine with that too. Mm. I am, I am pro Star Wars, so I agree. Yeah, see, um, yeah <laughs> I want more. more. <laughs> Keep making good but, movies. That's, that's all I ask. Well, what did you think of the end of Return of the Jedi, Robbo? Is that was that like a a good enough wrap up, or like, oh, would would a, a similar ending um, please you, or make you run about the internet in a uh, a spur of passionate fury? Yeah, well, go back and listen to, you know, it all, this is all a big cycle. So we just kind of did a, like a Ouroboros, like snake eating its tail thing where you could go back and listen to my first appearance. That probably gives you a pretty good idea of how I feel about that. Um, but don't hold it against me if you, if you hate me. Like just, you know, remember, I get redeemed as the story goes on. Just remember that. <laughs> uh Excellent. King Tom, uh, we've got um, probably about another 20 minutes left on the open time. So I've got a couple more calls that I will get to. But thanks for your contribution. It's always cool to have you on the show. Nice to finally talk yeah, to you. Thank King you so Tom. much for having me. Yeah, nice to talk to you my, too, Rob. My pleasure. And let's go to a Skype caller. If you are on Skype, who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, Steele, it's Andrew from Melbourne. Hey, Andrew, what's going on, man? Not much. I didn't want to miss this opportunity to interact with Robbo. How are you, Robbo? I'm, uh, I'm good. Good. Having a good time. How does it feel, uh, Robbo, that I'm people don't want to miss an opportunity to interact with you? I got I to gotta say, I was sort of... Um, when I heard... Uh, uh, are you the same uh, Andrew who called in on the last show and uh, mentioned that you, and then Steel broke the news that I was going to be on the next one? And uh, was that you? Yeah, or that's that, me. I'm possibly, yeah, I thought, possibly okay. your, your biggest fan. Yeah. 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 I remember um, that was a weird experience for me because <laughs> I'm just not used to, uh, at least not in this sphere. Like I have another show where people have unreasonably high opinions of, of <laughs> my you know, words that come out of my mouth, but um, not in this context. So it was, that was, uh, that was 
it felt good, but, but uh, kind of embarrassing at the same time. <laughs> but don't, uh, don't stop. Just keep uh, massaging that ego. I need it. Don't we okay. all? Don't yeah, we, we all? We can do that. <laughs> you got a question? Uh, yeah, what's on your mind, Andrew? I do. It's actually a question for Steelo, though, so a bit underwhelming there. But it just occurred to me during the week, Steel, that... I don't don't uh, worry, Robbo will chime in. We... Good, good. <laughs> As expected. Um, what, what are you going to do if we get to The Last Jedi after all this build-up and Luke Skywalker does, in fact, pull out a lightsaber, but he hashtag ignites the blue? Hmm. What? what um, I think steel. Why would it be? Stroke. Why would it be blue? <laughs> like what's the? What's the? Like what? Like what's the scenario that it's blue? It, Gee, I haven't really given this as much thought as I probably should. Well, do you mean he's um, using the old lightsaber, sure. or that he's modified the, the new one? What about if he turns on the lightsaber, ignites it, and the color is Snoke? Just Snoke holograms <laughs> out of his lightsaber. <laughs> That's right. And Snoke's like, I don't think so. Well, what? The whole thing. It just, uh, the, whole, the whole thing shuts down. And then, like, the TIE fighters come in. I wouldn't see that coming. <laughs> well, look, I've always been a big fan of the green as well, Steel. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you with this hashtag Ignite the Green campaign. I'm, I'm not trying to derail it, but... Having said all of that, a lot of time has passed in between wherever we are now in the timeline and the end of Return of the Jedi. And any number of things could have happened to Luke and the green lightsaber in between now and then. And then you do also have the scenario whereby Ray appears on the hill with the, you know, original Anakin blue lightsaber. And Luke says, oh, hang on a sec, that belongs to me. Hand it over. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Steele? I don't know, man. I just, I think Ray's going to ignite the blue. Luke's going to ignite the green. Steel's going to ignite getting kicked out of the cinema when he screams. It's, uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I, so you're not I, I entertaining like, this possibility at all, Steel. I, I do like that, you know, all these. Um, you know, loyal listeners just seemingly love to interact with me either on Twitter or on Facebook or call in. And their one goal is just to troll me that my one wish in life isn't going to get true. So, so thanks everyone. That, that's, that's cool, man. Thanks for the support. Just a little, you know, I'm just carrying on the dream of little four year old me and um, you all just want to burn down my dreams. Good work. Good work. You all belong on the internet. Comedy is pain. This is what you do. You're the king of pain. Oh, man. Uh, I know. You, you should have rethought that career choice. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I think that tell when me, she tell me about it. I'm, 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 I'm making the prediction now that Luke will never touch that blue lightsaber again. I think that she's going to hand it to him, and that's what we, because we want to know what would be the most interesting thing to happen when he, he says, it doesn't belong to me anymore. And then he could explain at a later point in the movie that he lost that lightsaber because uh, he was foolish, because he rushed into something when he wasn't ready. He didn't listen to the people who knew better. And he uh, was uh, nearly killed and, and the galaxy nearly ruined. Uh, and he lost it for a reason. And that every time he ignites the green, it reminds him of his uh, foolishness. And, 
and so you know he doesn't deserve it anymore. He, I don't think he's going to touch it. Oh my God! Hearing Luke Skywalker explain Empire Strikes Back to Ray, oh, that would be awesome. That would be so good. He'd do it at a critical point in the movie too. He wouldn't just do it like right there, like as soon as the movie starts. I think, but uh, you know, that's that's how stories work. Is you always want to know what the most interesting thing to happen is. That's that's what should happen. And with the ignite the green thing, um, not not the not the rain on your parade here, Steele. But I, I don't know that he's going to do it because I, I think one they want to save something for episode nine but also i, I think they really want their their the goal here is iconoclasm and I, I think they want to do something interesting with the with the character that has never been done before and you know yoda didn't keep lightsaber um you know like because at a certain point maybe you just don't need it uh, i was really i gotta say i like uh, not to not to dump all over attack of the clones again but i it broke my heart to see yoda light that lightsaber uh, i really I, I've never gotten over that. And it's just, it's, it's something about, um, it's not just like, Oh, th- these movies don't live up to my, ex-. it's just like the character. I felt like it's, it, it meant something to me that he was this like guru who lived on a swamp planet. And I thought he'd been there for the whole 900 years. And that if you wanted to really learn how to be a Jedi, you had to go to Dagobah and seek it out. And it's like this pie May thing from kill bill, you know? And you had to, he, you know, and I just, and he had this, this sage advice and, and, all, and, and when he, when he lit up, he's like, Oh no, I, I have to light up this weapon because it, it, it just, I, I felt like that was a, I don't want, I don't want to say anything too strong because I know there are plenty of people out there love it and it, you're not wrong for loving something that uh, like that. It's, it's, it, there's a perfectly valid reason to, to, to like, which is that you like it. Um, but, uh, I, I felt, um, Personally, it just, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I, maybe I can't explain it. I'm choking mm. up over here. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, it would be awesome to have that retold. And, and, and uh, you know, I could also see the scenario where he's about to tell the story and then he, he calls for C-3PO to come in and explain it, like, better. Because <laughs> no one tells a story like, you know... C three. He like calls him, literally calls him up, and it says, "Okay, we have to wait around for like a couple weeks, and then he'll get there." And then, yeah, yeah, and they could just have a montage of them fishing and stuff like that, just passing the time. It'd be funny if he like the first words out of his mouth is like, "Oh yes, the story, right?" And then he starts out and he walk easy. Oh no, wait, old data. And then he like, uh, cheering me too. Yeah. Um, Andrew, thank you for your slightly controversial question. And, um, if you're around, come to my, um, come to my garage sale next Saturday and, uh, we'll have a great time. <laughs> Thanks. It's good, it's, good, it's good to meet you, Andrew. Oh, right. Keep it up. Thank you, Andrew. We've got about 20 minutes left on the stream, and I think we've got a special guest. 310, who are you, and where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? Steelo? Steelo, I was wondering if you got that fancy cape and if that's going to be uh, available at your garage sale, dear boy. I would oh my never God, really part him? with. Is it really him? I would. I would never sell my fancy capes. Never. <laughs> See, that's that's what people are. They're wanting me to say. They're wanting me to say in Steele's voice. Oh, I would never sell that fancy cape ever. <laughs> hey, you guys, Steele. 
And I'm here to tell you to call in and let's talk Star Wars. That's my terrible Australian accent. Not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I dare say you might be pretty good at this voice acting thing. You have a future ahead of you. So I have to spend more time with Steele, and I could probably get him down even even better. You know, I, I usually when I'm when I'm doing somebody like Cushing or Guinness or whatever, I listen to hours and hours of dialogue before I start to even attempt it. So this was just a a, a quick down and dirty. But Colleen and a lot of people online were uh, were uh, suggesting that uh, not suggesting, demanding that I actually do Steele's. So there you go. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, well, thank you for that, Stephen Stanton. I do like that I'm spoken in the same breath as um, as Guinness. That is uh, that is great. Yeah. And as wow. and, that's, and that's not the beverage we're talking about for those the, those of you just tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Now I was um I was I was glancing at the chat room and I saw you say that you did work on a Batman pinball. Which which pinball no, was no, that? No. no, it was the slot machines, not the pinball machines. The slot machines. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know, do you know what they're called in Australia? The slot machines. No, what? What are they called? Pokies. Going down the pokies. Oh. I thought it'd be like Dollary Do or something like that, like <laughs> or, or or paycheck machines or something. Yeah. Hey, so Stephen, when you're approaching a character like Batman who has no definitive voice, what? How do you do it? Well, first off, I wasn't doing Batman. I was doing. Um, where's my? Uh, can I say who I did on the Joker? Uh, on the Joker machine. On the Batman. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think I think you just did. So without without revealing anything, I think you might know. Okay. Yeah. Right. Go. Go. You did have another that glass. That just showed why you can't be trusted on the Colin show. <laughs> So there you go. All is revealed here on Steele's call-in show. You're going to get the, the stuff you'll never hear anywhere else. My lawyers will tell you that, for sure. <laughs> You're not oh, supposed no, to be credited? I wasn't doing Batman. Is that, is that what this I wasn't doing Batman. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Leave it at that. And, so, and, and, and by your clues being so uh, uncomplicated, you're definitely not playing the Riddler. No, not the Riddler, <laughs> not the Riddler, or the Penguin, or Egghead, or the, or any Egghead. of those. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. You could have done a Vincent Price, right? Oh, that would have been wonderful to do. Uh, you know, but Egghead was invented, he was just invented for the TV show. He wasn't in the comics. He may right. have showed up in the comics later, but, uh, you know, that's like, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I'm just going to throw this in. It has nothing to do with Star Wars or Batman. But, uh, you know, in the, in the DC comic world, uh, or rather universe, uh, kryptonite is something that is the one thing that can take uh, Superman down. That was actually invented for the radio show. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, Superman. that's right. Yeah, and then they incorporated it into, um, into the, uh, the comics. But yeah, it was a, a device invented for the radio show. There you I've go. Heard the, okay, I've heard the same thing about the Batcave, that it was invented in like the, the, the newspaper strip. And, you know, you could be right on that. There's I, I so many. 
there's so many things. My my brother, who's a huge Batman fan, he actually uh, got to meet Bob Kane in person and have him sign a bunch of stuff for him. And I was so uh, envious of it. It's like, wow, you met like a man who's really legendary and brought something into fandom and and all that culture that you know. God, I don't think Bob Kane would have would have even imagined that Batman's still going even stronger now than he's ever been. You know. Yeah, this, this stuff just doesn't go away. It's it's crazy. So, so, so where did Batman hang out before the cave? Did he have like a bat tent or a bat caravan? What's going on? He slept in his car. You know, I bat car in his car, like the, like the dude, you know, in the, yeah. the big. Uh, you know what's funny is that if you ever read the first Batman comics, he actually carried a forty-five automatic around with him, and uh, he would shoot people and. And yeah. uh, he was a little ruthless than he that he uh, became later on. Luckily, they changed he ever, it, the other guy shot first, and then Batman did he ever shot shoot, first. Like on Solo. Did he ever shoot someone and say the party's over? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I will tell you this: in one of the first uh, issues of Batman, and I know this because my brother had all this stuff. There's like there's some sort of a mad scientist who perishes in the flames of his laboratory as it explodes. And Batman says, and I quote, a fitting end for one of his kind. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty that is, ruthless. That is, uh, that is pretty, yeah. It's pretty brutal. It's like Han Solo flipping the coin and saying, sorry about the mess, you know, that that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of putting words in characters' mouths here, um, I, I um, I'm glad you're here because th- this. When I first heard that you were d- uh, doing uh, uh, Tarkin um, for the for the cartoon, I was like, oh man, that reminds me that my when I uh, I used to play the um, old uh, uh, X-wing and Tie Fighter computer games where they'd have mm-hmm. like uh, they'd have like these briefing <laughs> things. They were like fully voiced, right? Mm-hmm. And so they'd have, like, a, an Imperial officer being like, you know, Delta Group so-and-so will go to such-and-such a place and then rendezvous at Navbui 10, and, you know, they do this whole thing. And my brother uh, would loved nothing more than to come up behind me when I was having a difficult time and in his best Peter Cushing be like, may I make a tactical suggestion? Fire a laser beam. And just, you know, something totally inane. And, and he would do that... It, it, it frustrated me a lot, and then he kept doing it, and, and it got to the point where his games had nothing to do with Star Wars. He, may I make it? No, you may not. No, via a laser beam. You know, like that's 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 Tarkin's solution to everything, I guess. <laughs> so if I could, I was like, man, if I if I'll never get Peter Cushing to say fire a laser beam, but I I could get Tarkin to do it. So. That's my one request, and I, I will uh, donate uh, to the Starlight Foundation in, in, your, uh, in your, yeah. Well, then I will uh, I'll say it right now. You may fire a laser beam when ready. You oh, may fire yes. a laser beam when ready. Oh. oh, that's good. You got the trill in there. You got the roll the R. Oh, oh it's, okay. it's the R. You know your R, Stephen. No. Well, you know, and I have to talk to you guys about this because I don't know if any of you guys have ever read Peter Cushing's autobiography or even better, listen to it on Books on Tape, which I actually have a copy of where he reads his autobiography out loud. Peter Cushing talks very much about, you know, he was very aware of that, the way he spoke with the trilling R's and something. It was something he affected to get into acting school. When he tried to, he was a very, very young man. He went to a very renowned acting school, 
I don't know if it was in London or, or somewhere not too far from where he lived. And he remembers the, the secretary letting him into the office, and the headmaster of the school says something like, you know, why do you want to be here? Why do you want to be on this, you know, do what it is you want to do? And Peter Cushing says, and he says, he goes, witnesses to the event said it sounded like this. I said, I want to be on a stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the headmaster said, get out and don't come back until you learn how to talk. Until you learn how to speak. And the secretary took uh, sort of like, uh, she's like, all right, I feel sorry for this guy. She gave him a whole bunch of exercises to do. And he said he would walk around, you know, in the park saying, how now, brown cow, you know, interrupting people, making out in the bushes and things like that. And he developed that because he said he had a very sort of a, a very unsophisticated English accent. So he developed that what we all hear in the films uh, so he could get into acting school, which is why when I was studying the accent and the way he spoke for, you know, the Clone Wars, I always found inconsistencies where he wouldn't always do the same pronunciation all the time. And it was because it was something, it was something, it wasn't, it wasn't um, something that was uh, organic. organic to him. It was something that he, quote unquote, put on, but came, became a part of his persona. But it wasn't natural. It wasn't the way he grew up speaking. So... It's a really interesting story. Well, to me, yeah. <laughs> wow. So in a way, he was a voice actor himself. He was. And I, let me tell you something. I have recently, if you can ever get your hands on it, it's still around there. In 1971, Peter Cushing did the audiobooks of The Return of Sherlock Holmes. He originally did it for an organization which is like... Out here in the United States, it would be called something like uh, Lighthouse for the Blind, where you read books for people who are blind. And he did these audiobooks of The Return of Sherlock Holmes, and he does all the characters. He does American accents, he does Scottish and Irish and everything. If you've only seen Peter Cushing in the movies, it is a revelation to hear him do these audiobooks. It'll blow you away. Uh, that sounds like an endorsement. I, I've got to hear that now. It is. They're published, I think, the, I'm sorry, I, I was just going to say they're published, I think, most recently by a company called Bafflegab uh, in the UK. So, um, sorry to interrupt. That was. I just wanted to put that in there. The thought of Peter Cushing doing an American accent just sounds like uh, unbelievable. To I bet it sounds have better than a real American accent. It is. It's funny when you listen to do his American accent, you can catch touches it's it's just like any any of us from different countries. You can always catch your native accent coming through, and you can do that with his American. But it was so unexpected because I've read all the Sherlock Holmes stories and I love them all. And uh, this was, I think, the um, can't remember the exact title. The 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 something of the dancing men, the tale of the dancing men, or something like that. He does an American accent in that one, and it's 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 worth it. I would say go out and buy it just to hear him do an American accent. And he does Scottish and, and Irish and everything else. It's it's wonderful. And you get to see a whole other side of him as an actor. But can he do Steel Saunders? Can he do Steel Saunders, I was just asked. That I don't know. Well, we may never know the answer to that question. I, I like it how you're running your own call-in show there in California. You've got a little audience <laughs> of people chiming in with suggestions, a little chat room of your own. We have a the, whole bootleg um, thing. We're like, hey guys, come on in. We're going to talk about Batman slot machines and pinballs and pokies or whatever they're called over there. And uh, yeah, then next we're going to talk about Battlestar Galactica, my favorite show. And uh, there we go. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you've, you've mastered the Australian accent. Is there any voices in Star Wars that you've... Like, what, what's the hardest one for you to do? Well, I, I don't know, because I haven't attempted them all. But I will say my... Uh, the one that I've always wanted to do and just never had a chance to do is I've always wanted to be the first person to get a chance to get a crack at doing the voice of Lobot because I think he's just the coolest character. How do you what think he'll sound? I don't know. I don't know. And Wilro Hood is another good one, too. We all <laughs> want to hear him. We want to hear what this guy has to say. Well, we're on a hunt for Wilro Yeah, Hood. we're, we're going to track him. Talk to Lindo. Talk to Leany. They'll tell you about our talk about Wilro Hood the other night. Well, you because you do a droid, you do droids. So if you robots yes, like he's like droid. Yeah, I don't think Wilrohood qualifies as an actual droid. We droids know who are and who aren't completely mechanical. Do you think Lobot is like sounds like a? Does he sound like a person doing an impression of a droid or a droid doing an impression of a human? Here's what I think he uh, sounds like, because I think this is what he's inspired by. I think he sounds like Donald Pleasance in THX 1138. Uh, Which is like, I I want to talk to you about leaving the uh, Cloud City, Lando. I think we should all get out while getting is good. Don't you think that's a great idea? Don't you think so? (laughs) (laughs) I think he'd... um, because he's got those headphones on all the time, he'd talk really loud because his, like, sense of volume's all thrown off by, <laughs> like, having his beats by Lando on the entire day. You know, he might... I'll, I'll tell you like, this. What? In the- Imperials! <laughs> here! Evacuate! Evacuation! What? Wilro, what? Get the ice cream. Tell Wilro to grab the ice cream maker. We don't want to be without ice cream wherever we end up. <laughs> There's there's the slot machine laugh when you lose. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> oh my god, we've got um only a couple minutes left on the feed. Stephen, you are yes, just off, you are bringing joy into the hearts and minds of Star Wars fans the world over with your uh, your promotion for the Starlight Foundation and um, and your awesome giveaways. Has it been fun? I, I, I think it's really cool that you give, uh, you know, the signed figure or the, the photo or the DVD, but you also call people up. How is it doing your own little mini call-in show podcast with fans around the world? Well, it's a lot of fun, and Steele, I have to thank you and your followers for joining in and helping us spread the word about Starlight. You guys, you and your followers are the absolute best, so there's a lot. I salute all of you because you're just as on board as we are in helping to get the word out about Starlight. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, back we, we have backed a lot of people, and it's, you know, Australia's, uh, you know, arm of Starlight has been a great inspiration to us as well, and so... You know, we, uh, we yeah, it is. It is how we found them. I mean, absolutely. Australian Starlight is how we got introduced to the art organization. They're so big with the Star Wars community out there. So uh, we want to give a, a shout out to everybody out in your continent. Yet you still use this hurtful interpretation of our accent on the Internet. So this is how you repay us. I, I have no idea what you're speaking about. This hurtful thing to me, it is all. It all comes from the heart and a love of uh, of everything. 
from down under. I mean, uh, Steel, you know you and I and Dutch and Kathy and Jacqueline, we're all going to get together for a glass of vino over at our favorite place when you're, when you're back over here. I, uh... Yes. <laughs> Dutch says, we all know who Snoke is. We'll have a, a nice chat about that. Oh, yeah, we, we all just sit back and laugh and like, we can't believe they don't all know it's wicked. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. By the way, um, I, I do want to mention before you sign off here that I've noticed that your chat room has, uh, <laughs> for, for better or for worse, have labeled me Stanto now. Oh, Stanto. Nice. Nice. That is good. <laughs> well, uh, I cannot wait for uh, for that glass. And thank you, Stanto, and everyone at Team Stanto for all the good work they do. Uh, Kathy and Dutch and the squad. It is very appreciated. I'll talk to you next month, my man. Uh, I look okay. forward to it. We'll all do a walkabout together. And in the, uh, the words of uh, Kenobo, Kenobio... May the force be with you, always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Robbo, we have got 48 seconds left on the feed. Uh, sorry, we had a couple of people uh, that we oh, did no. not uh, have time to get in, but that's, that's fine. As the show gets uh, more of a following, it's going to be super hard. I would like to thank you, Robbo, for all your contributions to the call-in show uh, over the months, and thanks for co-hosting today. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters that allow us to do the bonus show. And with 15 seconds left to go, I would like to say, may that ball be with you. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that two hours of call-in show action for the Steel Wars patrons. Uh, There will be no normal episode of the Steel Wars podcast this week as it is a travel week as I'm heading back to LA, which, if you are a savvy listener, will tell you that we'll probably be getting some sweet, exciting, Californian-based interviews done very soon. We've got some good ones. We have got some good ones on the way. But do not fret about the lack of new episode because we will have a new Q&A and a new Making Seal Wars with Jason Ward this week. And if you are stuck for some listening, why not go back and listen to one of the classic interviews? One of my favourite ones ever. Episode 16 with my now friend, Mike J. Nichols, the Phantom Editor. It is a fascinating story about just a very huge Star Wars fan professional editor who decided to uh, make a few nips and tucks to the Phantom Menace after its release on video and... What happened as a result was a firestorm he could not have imagined. Private investigators trying to find out who he is. Kevin Smith getting accused of being him. 
It is a crazy story and and a very interesting one when you are appreciating the prequels. So I highly recommend going back and listening to classic episode 16 with Mike J. Nichols, the Phantom Editor. But sit tight. As I said, there'll be a Q&A and a Making Steel Wars with Jason Ward this week. Thank you guys so much for your support of the Patreon feed. I hope you're enjoying all the content and I truly, truly appreciate you chipping in each month to help production of this hopefully fine podcast. May that force be with you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.